check, check. One, two, check. Mic's on. From the world of education to you, my name is Dr. A. Our show is all about finding your voice by connecting our community through collaboration. All right, welcome to another edition of Mike's On. This is episode 17, and it is actually Friday, May 1st, when we are recording this. And I am super excited about my next guest, as um, I have really yet to get to know her. And so this is a great opportunity for me, as well as you, to get to know assistant principal from Rockwood South, Miss Kara Welty. How are you, Kara? I'm doing great. How are you, Mike? I'm doing all right. I really appreciate you being on. And like I said, I want to get to know you. And and I realize that um, I'm doing it on the back end of your career in Rockwood, at least. (laughs) And I really apologize for that because I feel like, well, tell me, where are you going? What's going on with you? Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. So I have really enjoyed my time at Rockwood. I've learned so much, and I'm actually transitioning to become a building principal in the Winsville School District at Boone Trail Elementary. So I'm super thrilled about this, and it's a dream come true. So I'm just beyond just grateful and blessed, and I just have so many words to describe it. Hey, so talk a little bit about what it's like in that transitional period, because you are going through something, as we all are, that's unprecedented. You're having to say goodbye to a school without really, truly being able to say goodbye. So what are your thoughts and feelings about all this? Yeah, that sums it up. It's very surreal. Just as you know, spring break was the last time that we connected with students, and and we never knew that that was going to be the case. So it's one of those things that spending three years with the students that I looped with and seeing them from sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade, and then thinking that you're going to end the year with them and have the eighth grade dance, have their eighth grade graduation, see them for from March to May until they go on to high school. And then that being stripped away from them and for us as staff and leaders, it's, it's very difficult because as you know, as a principal, you build such strong bonds with those kids and you have that funny banter with them back and forth and you look forward to just, you know, getting to know them even more before they leave. So it's been really hard for me. That piece of it is just grieving the memories that I thought we would have continued that we're not going to have, but I have done just whatever I can to check in with my kiddos that I currently work with and just to see how they're doing and emailing them and, Zooming their parents and just, you know, seeing how they are and just letting them know that I'm still here for them, even though it's just way different than I thought it would. Yeah, so, um, you know, you use the term grieve, and that is such a heavy term, but it it truly is a grieving process because I think, you know, as we... uh, when we go through the school year, March to May is is easily probably one of the most emotional parts of the school year. I mean, all of middle yes. school is emotional, right? <laughs> and I think no matter <laughs> yes. what level you're at, you know, schooling in general is, is an emotional job, right? Um, but I, I'm right there with you because um, for, for all the time that I have been at Selvage, we've always closed out the year with the exact same things that you're talking about, having a dance, having a recognition night, having um, the yearbook signing, all these kind of things, go to Six Flags. And, and all of this is just taken from us. And, and it's really hard mm-hmm. to understand how to accept it, you know, and how to, to move on from it. So I, I'm right there with you. Um, 
but talk to me a little bit about your journey to get to where you are right now. Okay. So, so how did you get into education? What made you become an educator? That's a great question. So actually I always wanted to be an educator my whole entire life, but to be honest with you, since I did well in school, um, everyone except my mom and my family pushed me to go into the medical medical field. It was use your high GPA, use this to do something other than teaching, um, make more money, do something where you are going to find more passion, teaching is going to be exhausting, so on and so forth. So I followed that for a while, to be honest with you. I Even in high school, there was um, a Skills USA competition. I was the president of that. I went to um, nationals. Um, I went first in the state for a medical competition for nursing. Then I went to nationals um, and did really well there. And all along the way, though, I knew I didn't want to do it. Even though you are good at something, it doesn't mean you need to dedicate your life to it if the passion isn't there. And I think that's what I wish all kids and all people knew um, is just to really follow your heart and to not do what people tell you to do. And so I went to college um, and was starting the whole medical field, did really well, was like first in my class in that. And finally, after a year of going through the motions and doing what other people wanted me to do, I started to be strategic. And then I did my work study program with the education program. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I'm going to find a way to just be around the people that I really want to be around. So, and then I was around the professors, the dean of the department, and I'm like, I'm just going to switch and just do it. Make that personal choice, go to the registrar and do it. And I did. Um, it just was a calling. And I remember being a kid in my parents' basement, I <laughs> would take worksheets from teachers that they threw in the recycling bin, right. like in third grade. And I would like have like an easel area and I would force my friends to be <laughs> my students. And they're like, what can I be? What can I be a teacher? I'm like, no, not today, maybe tomorrow. Yeah. And I just loved it <laughs> This so is my much. classroom. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Do you see that bulletin board I made? It's mine. Yeah. Right. So yeah, I, it just was always a stirring in my heart and it just took me years to finally be confident enough to go with it. And then when I finally did, I told my mom and like I said, my mom was the only one who was supportive of it. And she just like, I'm so glad that you're doing what you feel called to do. And beyond that, now everybody, all my family and everybody else, I mean, they're so supportive and they can't imagine me doing anything else now. Right. It's all I talk about. But at the time, you know, you get a lot of pressure in your life, especially as a kid. So that has really just been my driving force is that I've always felt meant to be here. And when I started teaching, I started in um, a first grade classroom and I honestly didn't know, did I want to do elementary? Did I want to do middle? I just love kids. And I never felt at the time, like somebody who I'm going to be a fifth grade classroom and I'm going to do that for the rest of my life. I didn't know where I, where I fit, to be honest. So I really took time to teach first grade, to teach sixth grade. I was a technology coach and instructional coach before becoming assistant principal, I really just wanted to gain all those experiences and to be brave. I think my past experience in college has taught me that you don't know unless you try. So rather than just locking myself in a grade level and wondering what is the other grade level, I like just try it. And I was really lucky to have leaders who believed in me and who coached me and like, yeah, go ahead, try it, do it. 
So that was really encouraging along the way. And from being, I love middle school. And from being an assistant principal in middle school, I loved it. But what I kept thinking about is just the elementary kids. Right. That is my undergrad degree. And I, I really just missed elementary. So I really wanted to know where I wanted to be long-term before becoming a head principal. And now that I feel very solid about that, I knew it was time for me to go back to elementary and to have that longevity as a leader in the elementary classroom where I can just really build just what I feel in my heart and what my vision is. Well, I know you're going to do just wonderfully at the elementary level. Um, and I think it has a lot to do with the kind of shoes that you bought um, yourself. <laughs> I saw those. Uh, you got some some pencil shoes, huh? <laughs> yes. And I did not realize how, like, it kind of went viral. Right. I, I just did not. You never know what people are going to like. But honestly, like, when I was an elementary teacher, I would dress up as Clifford. Yeah. I had all of these You're costumes. like Miss Frizzle. Seriously. <laughs> but for years, I haven't really done that. And right. I don't know why. And I'm like, I really miss like, yeah. not that I have to dress up every day, but I miss just feeling compelled to do it and do it. And I just happen to see these pencil shoes, and I'm like, I can so see myself wearing those <laughs> on the first day of school. So I just bought it, and then here I am. <laughs> yeah, that's really cool that you found something like that. You know, I, I'm sure there's all kinds of fun stuff out there. But uh, I think what's cool about the elementary, see, you and I are a lot alike in that because I also am elementary. Um I, I did uh, take I took one extra course when I was going through my elementary um, ed certification that allowed me to be middle school social studies. And so that's kind of how I landed in the middle school area. But I will tell you that I always have this pull back to my roots, you know, and, and I could definitely see myself finishing out at the elementary level. But, you know, what's so difficult is once you come into the middle school ranks, it's like, Oh, you're a middle school person. You can't go to elementary. Yes. You can't. And so I'm so glad that you were able to kind of break out of that in a sense because you know as well as I do, that does happen. We find that people, yeah. oh, you you've been out of it for a while or whatever. So I'm so I'm so inspired and glad that you've been able to find um an elementary school and 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 get after it cuz it's it'll be so much fun and I know you'll you'll have a great <laughs> a great time doing it. How many kiddos at this new school? We had around 850, so it's usually it's a huge elementary school. Yeah, it is, and I think being at Rockwood South has prepared me for that. Yeah, kids, you know, usually have around a thousand. Right. So 850. That sounds like you know way less to me. Yeah, you're gonna have a lot of shoe tie-in and a lot. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh, yes, and I'm tall, so I remember I know, right? Right. <laughs> right. Well, um, that's really cool, though, to hear kind of where you how you got into it. And, and uh, you know, I get it where, you know, you start out in life with something that you think, you know, is what people would like to see you do. And, and I really appreciate your honesty about just going with your passion. And I wish more of us would really do that, you know, and just don't, you know, throw the cares to the wind and, and say, hey, I'm going to I'm going to you know, get after what, what I want to do in life. And, you know, one of the things that 
I mean, we have to look for silver linings when we're in times like these, right? And so yeah, one, one of the things that I'm very thankful for is I do think that it's allowing people the opportunity to examine who they are and what they want in this life rather than being set on a schedule, rather than being you know locked in with uh, what others might be telling you. Now you're able to kind of go and figure it out. So I, I, I applaud you for finding that again. And, and that's the other thing too is like you started out in one field and then you said okay I want to do this and then you did the elementary thing now you moved up to middle school I love the fact that you're moving back to um, the elementary because um, it's all about growth for one and one of the things that I'm that I'm really wanting to know more about with you is um, you also are an author am I correct in saying that yeah, you are correct. <laughs> so, so talk to me a little bit about, you know, what drives you to do beyond, you know, the four walls of the building and do other things cuz you're you're big on social media, you're big in into um, you know, being an author, this kind of thing. So, so what drives you? That's a great question. I have noticed early on in education that I felt I love the collaboration within people within my school, but I also felt like there was more to be had in that, that there's so much that people are doing outside of our school setting that we have no idea about and they are finding success in it, or maybe they're not. Either way, we can learn so much from other people. And through, I just remember, I actually, now I have Facebook. I joined three weeks ago. I feel like a old person saying that, but there was a no, you're I, you're a young person, so you've joined the old people group. Uh, you were already into social media in a lot of other ways. Facebook was for the old folks. Remember that. <laughs> Thanks for that. That is true. I finally caved and did Facebook. Right. There was a time. Why I say that is this was about five years ago. I started social media on Twitter five years ago, and I went to a conference. And Julie Smith, who is like a dear friend to me now, love her, obsessed with her. Anyways, she was talking about just being connected as an educator. And she's like, educators are the fastest growing group on Twitter. And I'm there. I don't have any social media at that point in time. And I'm the youngest person in the room at the time. And she she asked the group who isn't on social media i was the only one who like so you were embarrassed into it basically i was like looking around and i'm like wow i looked to the left and looked to the right and i'm like i'm clearly missing out so literally i was so motivated to go i literally went home that day started a twitter account started a handle and i was i remember like in the first week i posted something that Todd Whitaker, who is now a dear friend of mine, retweeted. And I looked up to him and I was like, people actually care about what I have to say? Like, what is this? So I was very motivated by the fact of connecting with other people and just seeing, like, I have friends now all over the world and just being able to message them and then message me and just say, hey, what are you doing? How are you approaching this? I just think it makes you so much more well-rounded. And that has just continued to encourage me that just to break out every day of my own mindset and to always know there's more ideas out there. There's people out there who are so much like you that you can feel that connection with. Um, it's just a wonderful feeling. And once you get into that, it's just amazing how it encourages that bravery to do what you always wanted to do. 
And I say that because I always wanted to be an author. I loved to write ever since I was a kid. I just loved it. And what I love to read the most, what I love to write about the most is nonfiction. I love to write about just education, leadership, um, just inspiring thoughts. Um, I also love to write about God and my reflections on that. But as I started building a following and people started liking what I said, I created a blog. People then started reading that and following. And then um, I got reached out to you to write a book. And I was like, I'm going to do this. Like it was literally on my bucket list. And it was God's way of just, you know, confirming that I'm on the right path. So it's just when you think about high school times of when I constantly felt like I wasn't in college times when I constantly wasn't in the right place to now I'm just getting those positive nudges where things just work out the way they're supposed to. It's very encouraging. And I just love being able to be humbled by the fact that there's just educators out there that are just excellent and I can just learn beside them. It's remarkable. Yeah. I mean, that's what's so cool is how we've really leveled the playing field with all of it, right? There's no more hierarchy necessarily of, of education I think that's another thing that we're kind of seeing with with what's going on right now, too. Um, But, you know, it's funny because I would have guessed that you were somebody that was right on Twitter from the birth of it, you know. Um, So it's cool. (laughs) It's cool to hear from my perspective that that you had to be guilted into it almost. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously, Julie would tell you the same thing. And she says, like she said to me, I remember when I got started. And she was like, it's only be a matter of time before you have 3,000 followers. And she, like, was so encouraging to me because she saw, you know, once I got started, I was, like, I was eating it out of the palm of her right, hand. Right. And it's just continued to evolve. And I just don't try, like, anymore. I mean, I, I try, obviously, in the fact that I think at first, like, you want to build that following. And that is, you know, kind of motivating in addition to the fact of connecting with other people, but I don't care about that anymore. I just post what moves me. I post what inspires me. I post, I try to be authentic to myself and don't post anything that's not. And if people like it, cool. If they don't, that's awesome. There's a million other people out there to follow. You just got to be yourself. And I think that's the caveat to educators on social media is the longer that I'm in it, the more I see that, people conform to what they feel like others want to hear. And we can't be carbon copies of other people. We really have to be true to ourselves. So I've gotten more comfortable talking about God on there, and that's true to me. And I that wasn't initially a natural thing for me to talk about on social media because I didn't want people to feel like, what is she doing? Yeah, don't, you, don't, I, you don't want people to judge you. Yes, and I've just gotten comfortable with myself that I'm like, I'm just going to say my heart. And like I said, if people like it, awesome. If they don't, you know, then God bless you as well. Right, right, right. And, uh, you know, I think it's funny because it's not just in social media. It's the way we are as educators, too. I think that we like to sometimes put on a front because we want to put our our best self out there. And and that's what is so... um, uh, I think really difficult for our teachers right now to deal with because what are they having to do? The same thing you and I are doing right now, which is um, FaceTime or uh, Zoom. I mean, let's let's think about those first couple meetings that our teachers had never done before, as far as Zoom was concerned. Yeah. There was there was some real funny moments. There were some real uh, growth moments. There were, I mean, yeah. And and you know, we are now. Um, I mean, we're basically seven weeks in, I guess, to to doing our our 
our alternative learning plan, um, I continue to try and tell the teachers, look, you know, you guys are doing a great job. You know, you, you need to recognize that uh, uh, there's going to be growth. There's going to be things that you need to, um, there's going to be detractors. There's going to be people that think that you need to do it a certain way. Um, I don't know mm-hmm. if you've gotten this over in your building, Amen. but but in our building, you know, there's been a, a few folks that would love to see us do um, bell-to-bell type schedules. And it's just yeah. not realistic when we talk about being thrown into the fire like this and mm-hmm. expecting everybody to be up at once, right? And yeah. um, I know that as we get into the fall, it'll look different. I don't know exactly how it's going to look. I, I know that we'll we'll still probably have um, hopefully the opening day of school and things like this. But we also mm-hmm. know and we see, and I don't know if this is your new district or not, but I know that there's a district out that way that has already said no more snow days, right? Um, because you don't really need to have a snow day now because you know you can actually get online and, and do this work this way. So um, for you, as you've been kind of going through it um, in the ALP process, what um, what kind of stories can you tell me that you, uh, you know, just what's it look like for you? Yeah, I think everything you're saying is so relatable to teachers and educators everywhere because I think in the heart of most of us, you know, as educators, we really are perfectionists. We want to be the best we can be. We push ourselves to excellence. So when you're in this uncharted territory with, there's kind of, well, there's not kind of, there's definitely not a rule book or right. a blueprint on what to do. Nobody's ever lived through something exactly like this in the digital age that we're going through. Yeah, there's been world pandemics and plagues, but we're in a digital age where the rules and the game has changed. So with that said, like the stories that I see is just, and what I've done personally myself and what I see our teachers doing is just guilt tripping themselves of like, I wish I was doing more. I, I feel like I'm not as innovative as other people out there. I feel like I haven't figured out digital stuff enough to be able to do it a hundred percent of the time. I, it's like all of these doubts and fears. And to be honest, like I live in that place a lot and of just always wishing that, you know, maybe I did this differently or maybe I could do this. I mean, and I think, you know, that reflection piece is healthy, but only to a point when you start berating yourself and self-sabotaging yourself and not being, you know, proud and confident in the work that you're doing. I think that's where, you know, we hurt ourselves, not necessarily kids. And I think, you know, what I've really been reflecting on is living between the place of like your inner critic and also like your cheerleader, where you, you are confident in yourself, you believe in yourself, you still feel and know that you have room to grow, but that you don't stay on either side of the pendulum for too long, because otherwise you will beat yourself up. You will feel like you're not enough. And I just keep using the word grace grace, grace, grace to myself, to current teachers that I'm working with, and also to my new school. I sent them an email. I just felt it on my heart. And just, and I don't know, obviously, there's, you know, interworking struggles of their learning digital process right now, but I can assume that it's pretty similar to what you and I are talking about right now, Mike. And so I just gave them the reminder that you're doing the best you can give yourself grace. And so many of the future teachers that I'm going to be working with sent me an email and they just said, that's exactly what we needed to hear right now is just 
that we're doing enough, like take a breath, like be proud of yourself and like just own that moment. And I just think it's so easy to beat ourselves up and we're already going through a difficult time. The last thing we need is to be harder than ourselves, harder on ourselves than necessary. Yeah, you know, you're absolutely right because, you know, I, I think our teachers, um, well, the hard part is, is that we, we work in a district that um, really is um, got quite a bit of resources. You know, yes. when, when you think about different places, and I don't know all of the different places that you have been, but I know from, from myself, um, it, I, I've always felt like I've been blessed to work in the Rockwood School District um, because, mm-hmm. because anything that I needed for education, I could get. You know, it was, there was never really, so there's never been a time that I've been like, nope, can't do that. Never, ever have I felt that way. Um, but I, I think that um, it's just difficult because like one of the things that, that we struggle with, with the ALP is our kiddos um, uh, engagement, you know, and whether or not they're, they're getting themselves on, on a regular yeah. basis. Are they, um, are they really engaged in whatever lessons might be out there? Um, are they doing the work? I think it's hard to, and, and you guys are probably seeing this as well, but you know, when we, when we go to hold harmless, which is what I do believe we needed to do at this moment, um, it, it, it makes it difficult to for the parents and for the kids to to see the value in actually doing the work. Um, now, being an educator, you know we have three kids in the house. We have a, a, a second grader, we have a eighth grader, and we have an eleventh grader in our house. Um, and I've got to see what it looks like in Rockwood from all three levels. Um, and I can tell you that I feel like we've done a really good job as a district to to provide our kids with an opportunity like no other. Um, that being said, I mean, I'm, I'm struggling with my own adult kids. When I say adult kids, almost adult kids, my, my, my eighth grader, you know, it's a tough time. You know, they, he, 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 um, knows that I'm going to push him and his mom's going to push him to get the work done. But he also knows that it's, that, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean anything in a sense because, whatever grade he had going in is really what he can stick with if he wants to. So yeah, that's been a difficult little hurdle to try and get around. I know for our parents and for us um, as educators, but uh, I do believe that, you know, given the circumstances, this, this district has really done a great job in getting us set up for success in the best ways possible. Um, but that being said, I look forward to what's ahead too, because I do look to what's the fall going to look like. I wonder for you, you know, you're going to have to transition and I'm sure, like you said, you've already been in contact with your new building. What is that going to look like for you though? You know, I mean, what is it? It's going to be different. You know, the things that you and I have grown up with over the, the course of our careers up to this point are now going to be changed, mished up, mashed up, and, mm-hmm. and, and, and some things thrown out altogether, you know, so, yes. you know, what do you envision, um, the future looking like, you know, I mean, I like to, I like to be a little forward thinking and, and what, yeah. like, if you were able to build your own school during this mm-hmm. time, what, 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 what would you like to see in it? I think for me, what I have continually gone back to is just, What's always matter is what's going to continue to matter, and that's to build connections and to build relationships that, you know, we cannot control the future. I 
you know, God hasn't decided to do a Zoom call with me and let me know <laughs> what's going to happen next. So I don't know, and neither does anybody. Right. So what I do know, though, is if we can continue, and like you said, Rockwood's so great about this, and if anybody, no matter what district they're at, if they focus on the relationships and they focus on the people, because during this time, people are going through so many traumatic things. That's the first, you know, the first thing is the universal hardship that we're going through the storm. And then people are going through storms, then a storm, losing people, losing families, uh, family members, having to move, having to lose their jobs, lose their income. I mean, there's so many traumatic things that are going on that I really just care about the people and if they're well right now. And I think, especially being a new leader, you know, at my future school, I just want them to know that no matter what happens, I'm going to be there for them. I'm going to support them. That's what I envision is just a culture of support. And when you have that and we all have high expectations for ourselves, we can get through anything um, if we all stick together and we don't allow our inner critic, like I said earlier, to take over and for us to feel like this is this mission that we're going to continue to go on is something that we cannot fulfill. We definitely can. We just have to let go of the control. And instead of worrying about the control, we just have to think about what positive influence that we can make every single day. Who are the people that we can reach out to? Parents, community members, students, staff members, other colleagues. That is what we do have control over. Um, so to answer your question, I am letting go of the idea of control and what my view of school is and letting that to kind of take shape and to use my influence in the moment in the way that it's intended to be used and to benefit as many people as I can just from a social emotional level that will hopefully evolve to a learning level as well. Yes. Yeah, so um, as a creative, because that's who you are, I can tell yeah. just in everything that I've, I've, I've learned about you um, over the, the, the time that I've known you, um, are, do you like the messy process or do you like um, it to be clean and to be drawn out and you already know what to expect? That's a great question. No one's ever asked me that before, Mike. I would say <laughs> I it's, it's really interesting because I thrive in the messy. Like I, uh -huh. when there's student situ when there's student crisis situations, and as you know, as a principal, we always you know encounter those. I thrive in the something's happening. Here it is. What are you going to do about it? Because I, even though I'm an outgoing person, I am very calm, and I will just you know do my best given, you know, whatever the situation that it's, it's right in front of me. Um, so I really thrive in those environments. In my head, I want things to be perfect. And in my head, I will have a vision and I will want that to be executed. But at the end of the day, I actually thrive in those environments. So I kind of feel like I go back between both of those, if that makes sense. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I don't think you. I don't think you want to be stuck in one spot, to be honest with you, because yeah, I find myself a lot of times stuck in in the messy, <laughs> rather than yeah. the, the clean. And so, uh, yeah. you know, but but yeah. Um, so listen, before we wrap up, uh, anybody that you want to shout out to, anybody that you want to, you know say, hey, you know, I've been thinking about you or, or I miss you or anything like that. Anything that you want to, you know, end with, I guess is what I'm trying to say. 
Well, thank you for saying that. I I appreciate you giving me this opportunity. Oh gosh, yeah. Thank Please, for... thank you. <laughs> oh my gosh, no, you're welcome. I really, it's I've always thought the world of you, so it's amazing to be able to connect with you in this way further. So thank you. And I would just say to you know Rockwood, I just really appreciated all of the learning, and as you said, all the incredible leaders that have taught me so much. I've gained so much experience. Um, to the staff at my school, they have also always believed in me, and their belief in me and their collaboration has really made me feel confident in the next step of my journey. So I'm so grateful for that. I mean, I am so grateful for them, and I know I have so many lifelong friends from Rockwood South. And and for my future school, I just I really hope, and I hope everyone there knows that each day I'm thinking about them. And I will do whatever I can to just lead them the best way that I can and to continue to learn. Well, you are an awesome person, Kara Welty. I really appreciate you being here and and, uh, letting me learn a little bit more about you. I I know I'm going to miss you because uh, I'm just now really starting to get to know you. And and, uh, I, I know that's part of the deal here in education, that we all don't sit in one place for too long. Um, a lot of times we're moving and we're shaking and that kind of stuff. But uh, I look forward to what lies ahead for you, and I hope that you will consider staying in touch and, and making sure that we're um, you know, connected either through social media or through FaceTime or whatever, because I do, I do appreciate getting to know you and, and want to learn more from you. So um, I look forward to, to what lies ahead for both of us, actually, but for you especially, because I know this is a cool journey that you're on. So keep it up. All right. Thank you so much. All your kind words really means the world to me. And I know you will continue to do incredible things and your staff is so lucky. So thank you for your time. Oh, you're so nice for doing all that and making, saying nice things back to me. You're so funny. Hey, listen, I hope you have a wonderful weekend. All right. And um, for now, this is Mike's off. Join us in the weeks to come as we learn and grow together.